What's up, founders, and welcome back to the In Demand podcast, where we talk all about how to reach your very first 1 million in ARR. I'm your host, Asia Arangio, and I'm the founder of Demand Maven, where we work with early stage SaaS companies on reaching their very first growth milestones. Let's do this. What's up, everyone? Okay, so we are just going to jump right into it. This one is a little bit impromptu, somewhat off the cuff. I actually wrote about this on LinkedIn. So if you saw my post, uh, then you're going to know exactly what this is about. But I actually had this really interesting conversation with the founder. And we were on a discovery call, which is a sales call, basically. And we were figuring out, like, hey, does it make sense to work together? Like, what are some of the challenges that you're experiencing? Um, Admittedly, I actually just assumed that they were looking for um, you know, marketing execution, which to me means creating paid ad campaigns, creating content, creating landing pages, expanding the website, making copy edits, all of the more um, execution, like we are actually doing the thing. And and typically, I would say whenever we work with companies, we typically work with companies from a strategic perspective first before we get into execution. And it was just so interesting because talking to this founder, one of the big question marks that they had was they wanted to know if we could help them with validating an audience, validating a new audience. And the way that the founder described it, he was talking about how they have this product, but what they're finding is they they feel like they've hit market cap and there's a ceiling and they've hit it and there's nowhere else that they can go in terms of growth. And I thought that was really interesting because it's actually really, well, first, first, it's really hard, actually, to hit market cap in a market. Usually, the market expands and grows in its own ways. And what you find is that people start to have shifting and different types of needs. And you also find that there's different contexts and circumstances upon which they need those things. So in theory, no market ever really truly caps because people change, their needs change, and then therefore it actually creates more product opportunity. So if anything, this company should actually be growing. So that was really interesting. And this company was at, I I later found out that they were at a million ARR, um, which to me is like, okay, if you hit market cap at a million, then you either have an extremely small market or you actually, like there's, there's actually other better opportunities, but we just don't know what those are yet because we don't have like a really good solid process for growth. Uh, And then, so the founder then talked about unaware audiences. And so he was saying, you know, we're actually thinking about, you know, shifting all of our focus from people who already have a problem and who are already problem aware and moving over into unaware audiences. And this to me was the biggest, like, oh my God, no, (laughs) huge red flag part of of anything that we talked about. But then also uh, just from like a how we grow software companies going after unaware audiences is just the last thing on the list. You should not be thinking or considering unaware audiences unless you are a freaking unicorn and you are making billions of dollars and you and your grandma and like your whole family, you're all millionaires and like probably billionaires and you have just nothing else to better to do with all of your piles of cash. And like, I don't think that you should go after unaware audiences unless like you use $100 bills for toilet paper. Like that's just the way that I see that. But there's also tons of data that supports this. But imagine my surprise, well, one, when I heard this, but imagine my surprise also when I learned that 
there is another agency that they that this founder is also talking to. And this agency also kind of doubled down on this idea of like, oh yeah, like you want to go after unaware audiences. Sounds great. We can help you do that. And I, I was on the one hand flabbergasted, on the other hand, not surprised because there are, unfortunately, for better or for worse, tons of agencies out there. And also not just agencies. I don't want to knock agencies because I actually do like agencies, but there's tons of service providers out there who, if you have the idea, even if it's bad and terrible, like no one should do this. Like it is, it is so not recommended to do this. You will probably lose money. There are still some service providers out there who will still say, okay, yes. Uh, yeah, like I'm happy to help you dig your own grave. or I'm happy to help you burn this cash in the front yard. And it makes me, you know, it, it definitely makes me sad. There's just like a certain level of integrity that I have that I hope that others have as well. Um, but I also understand very much that, you know, some founders could be so convinced that going after unaware audiences just is the way to go. And you cannot tell them otherwise. And you know what? I power to you. Mad respect, man. However, unaware audiences are by far and away the last audience that you should consider. And I want to give you some examples of why and also to define what unaware really means. Because I, I think there's also some confusion about unaware versus problem aware. But here's the thing. Okay, so like, let's unpack it a little bit because I could I could see where a founder is coming from on this. You get to a place to where you're like, okay, uh, I have this product and I got to get it in front of the right people, but I don't really know who the right kind of customer is. I don't really know how to find them. And also they are not necessarily looking for me either. Like they don't even know that my solution or my general market of solutions exists. Okay, so I'm, I'll, I'll give like a, a very specific example of you might have built a product in, let's say, the design space. So you're targeting executive level designers. And there are certainly storyboarding tools out there. But let's say um, there's not a storyboarding tool that quite exists in the way that, uh, let's say, your story, storyboarding tool exists. What most people might do instead is they, if they want to storyboard something, they might manually design this. Like they pop open Illustrator or um, probably like InDesign, and then they might actually create like a bunch of artboards and then start dropping in content, you know, all the things. And while they are doing this, they are, they're making these pieces of content and um, that like they're actually like they're literally manually storyboarding and they're adding in like their comments and some of their ideas and some some designers like slaving away like over their computer like creating this <laughs> and um, they probably have like a few templates that they have created to make this easier they might have downloaded a few maybe from like the uh, the adobe community or something to that effect but over time they might find that like there's a particular use case where building it manually doesn't make sense anymore it's actually quite painful and it, and it sucks a lot but, you know, it's a means to an end. So you kind of, you almost have to like, you know, roll up your sleeves and do it. Well, in this scenario, we might not ever think there might be a software that does this. And, and that's okay. Because based off of the definition of unaware, problem aware, solution aware, um, all of this is based, by the way, on um, Eugene Schwartz's five levels of awareness. But in this moment, we are, we actually are problem aware. We just don't think oh, maybe there's solutions, and then therefore create the solution-aware process. 
So I guess before I get into the nitty gritty details of this um, and like really unpack it, let me just like start first with the five levels of awareness. You've you've seen this chart a million times, uh, but but there's generally, I think, that, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's five. So we start with unaware folks. These are people who truly do not even think that there is a problem. There is no pain that they experience. There's nothing frustrating about the particular context that we're looking for pain or problems in. Um, So let's say I am perfectly happy creating these storyboards manually. I'm getting paid to do it. There's no problem with me doing it this way. I do not have pressure to do this faster. And as far as I'm concerned, it is a part of my job to create storyboards. It's why I'm here. Um, I might never, ever feel like this is a problem or that it's a pain. Uh, even if I am doing it the way that maybe other people are doing it who do experience a pain. But there's something about my circumstances and my context that make me generally unaware. Like it's not, it's not a thing. I, I don't even care. Then there's problem-aware people. So problem-aware people are people who they are experiencing the pain. They are experiencing frustration. Uh, there's something about their circumstances that make whatever it is that they're using or doing no longer ideal and potentially quite frustrating and painful and also creates a lot of stress and problems for them. Hence, they are problem aware. And they they are aware of this problem, meaning they know that it is painful. It's not like, I'm not like imagining a scenario like where you go to the doctor and you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, hey, like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, well, I don't really know. <laughs> it's like, well, it's something like you came here for a reason. Like you wouldn't come here for, you know, nothing unless you're hypochondriac. And then maybe, maybe you're going to the doctor for literally no reason. Um, but like problem where people like know that they have a problem. It's really a question of do they want to solve it, which brings us to the next category, solution aware. Once people are solution aware, they have decided, I have a problem. This sucks. I don't like making storyboards this way. Now I am going to start looking for solutions, a better way to do it, something else. This could be anything and everything from I'm going to consider software all the way across and into Maybe there's a widget or a template I can buy or something to make this easier or faster. But you have to remember, though, that there are certain circumstances and contexts upon which someone who is problem aware then looks for a solution. Let's say I actually, this is not my only job. Maybe I also have this huge responsibility to lead some other team. And storyboarding is like the last thing on my list. And because of that, I want to make, I want to spend as little time doing this as possible. Now the circumstances for me have changed. Now, instead of being totally unbothered and, um, you know, I am perfectly fine with spending hours and hours and hours manually storyboarding, maybe now my circumstances and my context change. And now maybe I have a different role or I have different responsibilities or something else in my life is going on that's making that thing no longer true. Now I have a problem, and on top of that, I probably should start thinking about finding solutions. But again, the problem has to be big enough for me to start finding solutions. So then we go from solution aware, uh, and now I'm going to start doing whatever my process is for finding solutions. You probably might guess, but for most people, the number one thing to do is to Google search. The second most common thing to do, depending on the industry, is to ask a friend to to uh, participate in some form of word of mouth. And now people are going through the process of finding solutions. And there's a million billion ways that people can do this. 
Um, but I would say the most common ones are we're going to go to Google and we're going to search and or we're going to ask a friend. We're going to ask someone who has done something similar, has experienced this before. Uh, and we're going to start fishing around for potential solutions to go to, to, to go check out. Then we get into product aware. By the time that they get to product aware, now they are aware of specifically your product. And once they become specifically aware of your product, usually this means they've landed on your website, maybe they've found some reviews, uh, maybe they've also even potentially read a few pages on the marketing site, and now they are starting to begin the product awareness process and potentially even participating in acquisition and also potentially even activation activities meaning maybe they actually do sign up for a trial or book a demo. They might also sign up for your newsletter or consume some content, download something. And then from there, we get into the last category of most aware, which means they've done all of the, for the most part, the most critical things. Like maybe they've attended the webinar, they've tried the free trial, they've tried the product in some kind of way. Maybe they've read some documentation. If you have a technical product, uh, maybe they've also looked at some product tutorials, some videos, some kind of content about, hmm, you know, does this product actually solve my problem? And if so, in what way? And does it check all of the boxes that I have? Okay, so that's, those, are the, those are the five levels. Um, so unaware to problem aware, solution aware, then product aware, and then finally most aware. Um, they know you, they know the brand, they know the product. Uh, and also they are, of course, comparing and contrasting your product and the product experience to other products and product experiences, AKA competitors, whether direct or indirect, either one. But here is why you still don't wanna focus pretty much any attention or effort to unaware folks until, of course, like I said, you are using um, Benjamins for toilet paper. Like I, like, <laughs> and the reason why I say it so um, intensely is because when I tell you there's just infinitely more opportunity for people who have a problem than people maybe who don't yet, or don't care about it, or don't realize it. I, I just really truly mean that like, when it comes to buying and selling goods, um, you know, good old fashioned consumerism and capitalism, you generally wanna sell to people who have a problem. Um, there's an episode I'll, I'll record at some point about being a, a painkiller versus a vitamin, but I'll pause on that one for a second. But okay, so unaware folks. Unaware folks really truly are unbothered and don't care. And there's no amount of marketing, of bombardment, of uh, harassment, of picketing, or like, like there's just, there's no amount of like protest and or uh, just, you know, sheer force that is going to make people care. Unless, of course, their context switches, their context changes. And then this is usually when people go from unaware to problem aware. Um, they So for example, in the storyboarding example, the context that might switch for us might be maybe we get a different job. Maybe we get a promotion. Maybe we get more responsibility or different responsibilities. It really will, it could run the gamut for people. And this is, uh, I'm speaking more from a B2B perspective, but on the B2C side, Things in life personally can change, um, whether you're selling something uh, to a specific personas, those personas might go through things in their lives that, of course, changes the context and all the way up across pretty much any kind of product that you or service that you can imagine. And once this once the context shifts, that's usually what triggers people to 
become problem aware. However, there's nothing that you can really do to shift that context. All you can really do is just kind of be there and hang out there for forever until, of course, they decide, hmm, maybe I actually do have a problem now and maybe I actually do want to actually solve it. But again, you cannot force people to do those two things. No amount of money will ever do this either. And I think that that's the thing that's really hard to convey sometimes because it kind of feels like if you just show up enough, people will be like, oh, maybe I should check them out and like see if I have a problem. But the truth is that anyone who actually does go through that process. So let's say we do spend a bunch of money to make sure that everyone's aware of us. Even if you do get someone to say, hmm, that's interesting. Let me try that chances are they actually aren't unaware. They probably are problem aware. They just didn't know, A, that solutions existed, and or B, that they could actually solve it. So that's the thing to keep in mind. If you do attract folks, it's likely nine times out of 10 because they actually were problem aware. Now, there are certainly circumstances where you can cer- like you can absolutely spend a bunch of money on awareness campaigns, even to unaware audiences. And Sometimes you get really lucky in that um, you run those campaigns and someone's like, huh, I've never heard of, let's say, ClickUp, if you've ever seen their billboards in your city. Or um, gosh, I think Monday also went through like a, a period where they were doing billboards. Even in that scenario, when my context shifts, let's say like a year from now, I might remember, oh yeah, remember ClickUp, remember Monday, I should try them because my context has changed. But that's only because my context has changed. It's less likely we're actually starting to have a problem. Much less likely that anyone is truly unaware and, um, you know, you kind of like strong arm them into becoming a customer, into caring. Um, But this is also why I would say we just don't spend time yet, at least, on unaware audiences. Now, again, when you are at a place where you truly, in some respects at least, have hit some semblance of market leadership, let's say, maybe you don't cap the entire market, but you are the leader or one of the leaders in a market, then naturally it makes sense to start looking at other product opportunities. So from a horizontal perspective and also potentially in different verticals. And then after that, certainly there's opportunity to go after some unaware folks, um, but it's a balance. You don't want to put all of your eggs in that basket but you also might actually consider at that point doing it. HubSpot is actually a really good example of a company that does spend a lot of time on unaware audiences. But let's think about who HubSpot is. They are, gosh, are they a billion dollar company now? I feel like I feel like they are, I could be wrong. I'm gonna look this up later and feel really embarrassed that they are or aren't. <laughs> but HubSpot is a huge company. And not, not only that, but like they started out as marketing op- automation. And then over the years, they have expanded into sales, into customer success. Um, they started offering feature sets uh, in, for several other teams, therefore expanding into other um, industries, verticals, but then also horizontally. And this makes sense for them to start thinking about not only just like other go-to-market opportunities and other growth opportunities, but okay, yeah, so they they are one of the most well-known marketing automation platforms out there. Um, Few marketers have never heard of HubSpot these days. So they actually are focusing a lot of their energy on making sure that unaware people are at least aware of the brand. And when they do have a problem, that they will come to that brand. They'll check them out. They'll give them a shot, all the things. But keep keep in mind, though, that this is a several-year process. 
It's not something that happens as quickly as you might think. And on top of that, it's expensive as crap. Like, it's a lot of money to do this. To go after underwear audiences, it costs a fortune. And and on top of that, um, you're not really guaranteed to see the end result. It just so happens that HubSpot has played their cards over the years very much right. And it also just so happens, too, that they did decide to expand into other um, functions of growth and also think about and build into other like product opportunities. Of course, like it makes sense, like from like a marketing perspective on the marketing automation side, at least, yeah, they're going to start considering unaware audiences. But for all of the other products that they have and that they offer to other teams, they're starting the same way that really any other startup would, which is starting with problem aware folks, getting them to consider solutions, um, making sure they have a really compelling argument for why you should try HubSpot. And then of course, once they are super duper aware, now we focus on conversion, retention, and expansion. That's the playbook. So all that to say, just round it out. If someone is recommending to you to focus on truly unaware audiences, and when I mean truly unaware, I mean by the definition that we talked about today, uh, truly unaware people do not give a crap. (laughs) And there's not really anything that you can do about that until something happens to them that makes them care. And again, you are not going to be able to control that. You just won't. Just to give you another example to round this out, I was at, I, I recently ran a 5K. There's this hot chocolate 5K that I run every year with my mom. Um, Obviously, the past couple of years, we have not run the 5K, but this year we did for the first time in two years. And whoa, I was was actually extremely satisfied with how I did. I ran a time I was not expecting to get, and I was actually quite proud. But while I was at the expo picking up my number, I was approached by, so it's so so funny because I actually can't even remember the brand, (laughs) but I was approached by someone who, um, you know, there's booths at the expo and this particular company, they did, they did like home repair of some kind. I'm not going to remember. I, I don't actually remember the brand, which probably says a lot. But I remember the guy at the booth, he approached me and he was like, hey, um, you know, would love to talk to you about your home and about, you know, any like repairs or whatever it is that you need on it. And I was like, oh, I um, don't have a home. I, I live in an apartment. And he he immediately was like, oh, okay, yeah, like you don't have a problem. So, or like you, like, like there's, you've not experienced the problem. Um, and he immediately was like, okay, well here, take the swag. And he gave me like a swag bag. And he was like, when you buy, please remember us. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then in my mind, I'm like, I'm throwing away the swag because I'm actually at a place in my life where I really don't like swag unless it is um, sustainable, economical, and like all the other things and like actually useful and or cute. So it's kind of like, so getting swag, like it's just really hard for me. Um, (laughs) so I don't even know what I did with it, to be honest, but, but, but I, I respected the fact that he was like, Hey, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bore you to death with stuff that you don't or haven't experienced. So it's not worth it to me to, you know, spend time talking your ear off when like, you don't even have a home when like, our services that we offer, we're not ever going to be able to help you. Don't get me wrong, he could have. Um, and then he could have tried to like super hardcore sell me on the thing and like really try to get me to care. But but the truth is like, I I am I am truly unaware of the problem. Um, I might, I, it's possible for me to conceive of it, but like I'm not experiencing it. 
So it's like I am an unaware person until I buy a home and now I'm experiencing the pain. So um, so he wouldn't and shouldn't have wasted his time on me. And he didn't. Thank God. Uh, but but this just kind of goes to show it's the same exact thing when you think about truly unaware audiences out there online and in the wild. You're ultimately not going to spend or waste any time on people who aren't in the context of the problem. Otherwise, uh, you'll truly just be wasting time and money and energy and effort. So we almost always, 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 always want to instead start with problem-aware folks and solution-aware folks, because people who are already looking for solutions are definitely people that you want. People who are problem-aware and aren't looking for solutions, it's going to be dependent, of course, on your software category. But you might also have to spend more effort and energy here. But we would still take those people over unaware people. So if anyone is recommending to you to go after unaware folks, please run away and also call me because I will fight them. No, I'm just kidding. But like, but seriously, like, don't go after the unaware folks. It's not going to be worth your time yet. And when I say yet, I mean like billion dollar yet. (laughs) Unicorn yet. Uh, So until you are billion dollar and or unicorn, probably not going to go after unaware folks. In the meantime, got some upcoming episodes about how we can find growth opportunities instead of maybe going after the unaware folks. All right. Thanks again for listening. I hope this was helpful and also drove the point home. We want problem aware and solution aware people, people who experience the pain, people who have experienced the pain and are looking for solutions. We want them. Those are the people to go after. Unaware folks, in the future. But we're not we're not doing that now. Uh, way too much energy and effort and money. All right. Thanks again, y'all. Bye. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. To learn more about how to reach your growth goals for your SaaS business, head on over to demandmaven.io. You'll find all kinds of free resources, articles, and content. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you on the next one.